Well, whoa! Switch up, stay on that side. If you switched up, stay on that side. He is back. Grizzlies win and prove to seven and nineteen. One fifteen to one thirteen is a final score. I was hoping for a full crew tonight. You got Candace and you got David. Isaac, uh, he's out. He's uh, rehabbing that knee again. But <laughs> what, what an absolute monster comeback for John Morant. 34 points, eight assists, six rebounds. And we got a lot of positives to talk about. And after talking about all the negatives, I'm, I'm going to start with one. And it's not even that negative, but... Did you see John Moran's reaction when Taylor Jenkins called that timeout? Yeah, I did. Like, did he he was he was pissed. He even said after game, he's like, I really didn't want him to call that timeout, but it, it worked out. And I don't like what, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like as a coach? That that's something that he should have done. And it's weird because if you go back over the history of the game, different coaches have different theories on this. Legendary coach Bobby Knight, when his team would rebound the ball, they knew what to do. He wouldn't call timeouts late. He would let his team run the offense and work pretty well for him. He won some championships doing that. And then you see a lot of coaches that – pull the trigger on calling that timeout to draw something up. But this is like Taylor Jenkins didn't draw up a damn thing. John Morant went out there and does what he's been doing when he's on the floor, makes Taylor Jenkins look like a genius. Yeah, I agree with the timeout call. I would have crucified Jenkins personally had he not called a timeout. It was so much back and forth leading up to that. There was, uh, you know, couple of missed opportunities I think in that like last minute last stretch coach thought I thought they maybe should have called a timeout and and I get nervous about that jog get a bucket thing and it, it was poetic because it was first game back and I was great I think it was great for the moment but I just know long term that defenses eventually start settling out for that and you need to do more than just that they lost a lot of games last year with jog just simply because you know that whole like jog get a bucket thing defense is like five guys on jog and you know, it just became a bit forced. Um, so I think Jenkins made the right call there. Uh, I would have, like I said, I would have crucified him had he not called a timeout during that final stretch. It's back and forth as it was. And just want to make sure that I did like what I saw kind of going into that timeout in terms of there was movement on the ball. But, uh, you know, some of the times they just didn't have so – This this team is – not cohesive enough, I feel, for the for Jenkins to just be like, y'all just run it out there. I mean, we got so many new pieces this year. Uh, Bees Mac did not close, but, you know, he's starting. You, you had Tillman. You had Bang, Jaron, sure, but you got Vince Williams Jr. out there who's very new to those type situations. And that just, you know, you want to make sure everybody's on the same page for sure. So um, I thought it was a good timeout. I get the competitor and Ja 100% respect it. But um, uh, yeah, that's not going. That's not going to be one. I'm gonna kill Jenkins for. I, I think he did the right thing. So even if he holds that timeout there, and the Grizzlies win the game, you still are a hundred percent like you're on board. Need to call a timeout there. Yeah, I mean, I I, th- I think you need a timeout there. I mean, it's the final possession. You don't want to waste it, hoping your guys guess right. And that's my thought. I mean, this this team just isn't – it's Jai's first game back. 
they had turnovers like crazy in this game. We, we'll talk about it sure as we get more in detail. But, yeah, there was all the reason the world called that timeout. No issue with that timeout. If they had lost, I had no issue with that timeout. That's that's a timeout opportunity for this team in this situation. This is one of those vet teams that's older and just got it. This is a six-win team, man. <laughs> you got one timeout. Yeah. You can't take it home with you, man. Peggy, it's you can't not. take it home with you. I saw sorry, I I heard some I was watching some stuff after the game and, and they were talking the the person that I was watching, I apologize, I don't remember who it was, they were talking about this Grizzlies team being a six win team. This Grizzlies team was in fact a six win team coming into this game, but they were not a six win team with Ja Moran on the roster. So you can mention the six wins because that's what the record is. But let's be honest, this team minus Ja Morant versus this team with Ja Morant, there's a massive difference. And so to me, like that, that's, yes, that is what the record is, but it's only on paper. And I know that Willie Green and that coaching staff for the Pelicans didn't prepare for this team like, oh, they're a six-win team. They knew that Morant was coming back. They knew what he brings to the table. And so they wanted to come in and win this game. And it really looked like early on that's what was going to happen because for about six and a half minutes in the second quarter, the Grizzlies forgot how to score the basketball, just could not buy a bucket. Uh, They were leading by five after the – or I'm sorry, by four – after the end of the first and then got outscored 39 to 16 in the second quarter. So there were things that were working for the Pelicans early on in this game. And then in the second half, you see your big three step up and do what you want to see them do. Jaron Jackson ends the game uh, six for 10 from the field, one for three from three. He did miss four free throws. He shot 15, but 24 points on a very efficient night. Desmond Bain struggled from the field, still ends up putting up 21 points, and then we already talked about Jaws' stat line. But I think that this is just kind of, okay, you get 20-plus from your big three. You're just kind of scratching the surface. The 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 bench, you got eight from Aldama, four from Zaire, and seven from Tillman. You would like to see a little bit more bench scoring, obviously, from them, but you got the win, so okay, you made up for it. With Ja Morant back, how do you feel this team is going to do moving forward? This is a big win for them against a good Pelicans team in New Orleans. Do you think that we see this team go from bottom of the league to a massive upward trajectory? That's possible if they can keep and stay healthy. Do think they need uh some more from the bench. I don't I mean Ja is incredible, but don't think you can expect him to have 34 all night, uh, uh or every game. I mean, I think he'll get at least 25. But you know, uh same thing with Jaron. Can you expect Jaron to have 24 points consistently? Maybe, but I think you will need some more depth at some point. Uh did like what I see, what I saw from Vince. Appreciate that he is starting. Um, but just as you get healthy, as you get Luke Kennard back, as you get Marcus Smart back and guys really get in their role, I think it's possible. But health does need to be on their side. They need a chance to really get some um, camaraderie, some 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 real playtime, some consistency uh, to get some momentum going. I think uh, 
It needs to solidify some lineups, some rotations, make some decisions, uh, even to better the roster. You need to know of these guys, who are you going to consistently play and who are you not? I think you've got to make decisions in that regard in order to, to do that. So it's very possible. Anything is possible with, with a core this strong. I think they've got a great big three. They complement each other well. Jai's All-NBA. You got Jaron and Dez, who are all-star level talents. Um, even if, even if Dez doesn't get the nod this year, but in, 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 your ceiling, your opportunity will be high. But they need some things to break their way. They need some, they need some luck. They need some other teams to maybe fall in in a hole because they are, uh, well, they were seven and a half out of the playing. I don't check, haven't checked what the updated standings are in that regard. But they still got a long way to climb for sure. Uh, but I think they can do it. I, I don't have any doubt that they can. Uh, it's no guarantee by any means, but I think their mentality needs to be one game at a time, one possession at a time, one win at a time. And I think that way you can you can see them building momentum. Definitely they they shouldn't be looking too too big picture right now. Play hard, uh play together and see where that takes them. Sure. Yeah, I I agree with that. So that this win, they're still they're seven back. Um, okay. and the, lots of, lots of basketball left to play though. And mm -hmm. this is just as a, a Grizzlies fan, you have to be excited because I think even the most optimistic fan wouldn't have thought that we see 34, eight and six from Jai game one. We yes. thought that there would be some rust. You mentioned about these guys getting some run together and there were a couple of times tonight where you could see the, the the chemistry for some of the stuff that 12 does just kind of wasn't there. That there was a point, uh, David Roddy, um, 12 hit him, kind of put him in the ball, put him in a place. He was passing him the ball to pass him open to where he'd have an open look. And Roddy wasn't ready for the catch and shoot. And so he traveled and ended up being a turnover. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was not the only time there was another pass. Couldn't really tell like Zaire was pretty adamant that Trey Murphy touched the ball and knocked it out of bounds. It didn't get called that way. It went back to the Pelicans, but, um, Josh saw him on the baseline with the pass the ball and Zaire was dropping back toward the corner. So there, there were definitely some chemistry things where you saw, that they were off in this game. And those things will just continue to get better as these guys are playing together. Mm -hmm. um, we, we saw a good game from our, I mean, it was almost like a garbage time game from Zaire where we, you know, gets in double digits and scoring. And I felt like overall he played well tonight, he, you know, two for five from the field. He didn't make a three, but he was positive in the box score tonight, only scoring four points had some really good defensive plays and using that length the way that he should on the defensive end. How did you feel Zaire played tonight? Uh, he played. He played. <laughs> he, he, I mean, he, he had a couple shots that I was glad went in. Literally two. Um, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's going to look better when he's running the floor with Ja because that's his game. So he looked more competent in that regard, was able to catch a lob from Ja, quick, easy basket there. Just 
sometimes get frustrated watching him on defense. Sometimes it's the small stuff like out of bounds plays. He has a habit of just touching the ball right when it would have been our ball, but he like touches it and like that whole turnover tobacco. It wasn't a tobacco, but just kind of him not being ready and trying to sell that it was the other team that touched the ball. I mean, I, I didn't really, I didn't see any evidence to show that the, that the Pelicans touched that ball. Uh, just, he just does it a lot. Like that's, that's not, it wasn't that bad today at all. Really. It was just kind of a miscommunication thing with him and Ja today, but he just has a habit of kind of killing momentum in a way that I think he's still in a small way did tonight. He is a plus on the box score still, but yeah, it doesn't taste my opinion of Zaire. I don't, I'm not going to give his four points any, any real credence there. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I'm not. So he was there and, uh, I'm really not sure he was a plus. Yeah, I, that's all I got to say, man. It's no different from me, really. I just, I mean, okay, no, I mean that yeah. that's fair. Like he's definitely he came out of the gate look good, and then he's progressively, or at least it appears that he has progressively lost his yeah. confidence. And that's showing in the gameplay. I felt like he played fairly well tonight. So the the shots over three from three. And one of those was at the end of the quarter, wasn't even yeah. close. Like it, it was, it was just a, and I know that's a last second push shot, but it is what it is. Um, I think X looked a lot better tonight. He has been terrible offensively, no rhythm, fumbling around with the ball. It's like he was wearing stone gloves or something. Uh, tonight he, he goes three for five. He knocks down a three, 7.6 rebounds. And he gives you the kind of minutes that you need from your backup big. Is that changing how you're feeling about X at all? And and this is like what's crazy is was it three games ago he gets a DNP coach's decision in a game where they get wrecked on the boards. Then he starts when Biz is down. He comes in, you know, he, he didn't play a ton tonight. He played um just under 20 minutes, which is second only to John Conchar and bench minutes tonight. Has he done enough in his time on the floor with the Grizzlies that, like, he's a rotation guy, there's no sense in taking him out? No, he's he's not done enough. I think he's really struggled. I think he struggled in the first half. I think he really didn't become a useful-looking player until the second half, to be quite honest with you. I think that first half he missed – couple easy bucket opportunities job pretty much had laid out for him um still was fumbling around still not really giving you much at all um still ultimately ended up with let's see what well, he had six rebounds I guess uh, all in all pretty good but I think he really struggled the first half he looked just as bad as he had been looking and maybe that's a matter of the more he plays with Jai the more Jai will be able to bring the best out of him but Right now, and that's why I, I say you need some consistency here. I think you just kind of run these guys out here and see who can show up best the most often and just stick with those guys because every bench guy has been up and down. There's no guy you can reliably count on. Uh, I would have said Vince, but he's starting now. So there's no guy you can you can really count on consistently 
for any one thing. I don't think. I think, you know, with shooting, even with defense at times, depending on the matchup, all John Conchar, Aldama, Zaire, Tillman, Roddy, each of them can get killed. Sometimes they can show bright spots. And I think you just need to let them prove who can be your bench players and go from there. Understanding that role players will have some level of inconsistency anyway, but you need a floor and you need, if nothing else, to know what you can depend on guys for. So, for example, John Conchar does a good job of always being consistent rebounder. Um, looks like he had eight tonight. So shout out to him for that. And if that's his role, then he can stay on the rotation based on that alone. Rebounding was huge in this game. Uh, and they were able to actually looks like they were able to out rebound their mm-hmm. opponent, which rarely see who <laughs> given the 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 front court situation going on with the Grizzlies right now. So that was a positive. Anyway, shout out to John Conchar for that. But really do. It's a part of I I, I we've talked about this before, consolidating their rotation, consolidating really your young wing players, figuring out who's gonna be your guy that you invest development in and and really, they need to move on from the rest. That's that's my take on it. Yeah, I've got to disagree with you in the fact, like, one thing that, that Tillman does consistently, he's always going to be uh, at least a net neutral defender. And a lot of times he's going to be a positive impact, impact defender. The matchup is going to affect that some. You know, uh, Tillman, Garden, JV, I don't have the, the numbers as far as, like, how that matchup went down for them tonight. But, typically, like, when you have a big physical um, center, so you know, like we saw Anthony Davis just, just butcher him, which is not uncommon. When Anthony Davis is healthy, he does that to a lot of people in the league. But there have been a number of occasions when X gets switched onto a guard or onto a wing and he moves his feet well enough. He stays in front of them, and he does that night in and night out. The offense is very, very inconsistent. And so I, I, I like I agree with that part. You never know what you're going to get from him offensively, but I think that you will get good defense and rebounding from him night in and night out. And I think the offense gets better when he starts getting consistent minutes. That you know, any time that he has been called upon. I feel like he's always been able to rise to the occasion, but may, maybe not to the level of consistency that you're looking for. But to me, I, I know if he is out there on the floor, that he is not a defensive liability. And I, I think that that is enough for me for him to stay in the rotation because when you have Jaron Jackson as your anchor on the defensive end, having good defenders around him, you run a lineup when Marcus Smart gets healthy, when he's back, you run a lineup out there of X, uh, Smart, Jaron, Vince, and then insert whoever, whether it's Bain or Morant or Rose. It doesn't, as long as you have a facilitator, and I think that that has to be either Bain or Morant, but you can plug in Derrick Rose even, or, you know, I, I don't think Gilliard's going to see much, much run at all moving forward in the season. But those four guys with a facilitator and your defense is going to be damn good because you have four individual defenders that are all very good at what they do. And not that X is on the level of Smart or Jaron Jackson, 
But behind those two, I think that he's the best defensive player on this team. Vince Williams is closing that gap very, very quickly, though. Yeah, I got to disagree with you. I think sometimes he – I do think sometimes he gets beat. I think he's had some bright moments, like you mentioned, where he was able to step up defensively in a big way. I would attribute most of those to last year. Uh, but sometimes this year he really has just looked so footed and behind the eight ball. Now, I have said that he hasn't really looked healthy to me for some time. Like his 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 vertical even just wasn't there. I've watched him intentionally choose not to close out on several occasions and just kind of – just be out there at least this season. Uh, now maybe him being put back in his role, you see more of the defensive side. But I also argue he's just too undersized at times. It's not his fault. Or maybe he did do everything right, and guys can just shoot over the top of him sometimes. So there are matches matchups where he has stepped up. Certainly not going to take that away from him. I can't say that he gives you that consistency night in and night out, especially against guards or smaller players. But even with your big sometimes, it, that size is a problem. It just is. It's not always his fault, but it is a problem. And I think sometimes this team is just going to need offense. Like, as great of a defender, and as, even, if, even if I concede your complete point, there are just nights where he's not a – He's not too often going to be a deflections guy, a steals guy, that those kind of things to st statistically to help your offense in that way. So there will be nights where I'm just going to say, even if Tillman's playing good defense, you need Santi because he's shooting the ball. You know, like they'll and for that reason, I think even with Tillman, you're right as being a better defender overall than most of these guys on the bench. I I still think it depends on what you need that night. Yeah, I just, like, to me, it's not an Aldama or Tillman. I think both of those guys should be in the rotation. When when fully healthy, I think both of the guy, both of those guys should be rotation players. We saw Aldama uh, play some against JV, held his own, done okay. I just think that there are, um, there, it's just strength. You know, he we mm -hmm. watched Jaron kind of develop from, you know, this long, lanky kid. And now he's, you know, seven foot tall, like, I think like 265, 270, like he's put on muscle and strength. And I think the this season and then moving into next offseason, we're going to see Aldama continue to put on that muscle. And then he's going to match up against those guys better. You know, Xavier Tillman has not been extended. And that may be exactly what the Grizzlies are, are counting on is that um, – Santi Aldama is going to be the guy that puts on that muscle that, that can be kind of the, the bruiser rebounder type that they're looking for. And, and offensively, he's definitely a better option than Tillman, even through his inconsistencies. Yeah. I'll have to disagree that I well, No, you're not disagree. I will counter that. I think even though Aldama will get stronger, physicality just isn't his game. Aldama's not going to be a bruiser because that's not the kind of game Aldama likes to play or really wants to play for that matter. I also not sure that he has the defensive acumen that Jaron had, even though he was smaller defensively, Jaron will still be in the right position. Sometimes Aldama can still get turned around positioning wise pretty easily. And I think his defensive recognition, and maybe that just comes with experience, but maybe that, that's still a little bit lacking, but I think most importantly, Santi gets uncomfortable in situations that 
he he's got a bang bodies really like he he tends to shy away from those moments and because of that I think that will always hold him back for his potential as a defender because obviously he's got the size he's got the physical tools to do so just you know like you said minus the strength but I do wonder if I, I don't think that they still need another bruiser because now Aldama's not that guy I mean if you think of how he plays on offense like there's so many times where you're like Santi just dunk it like you don't have to do this finesse like roll it to the rim finger roll like get so much to chance when you're just playing this finesse game but that I mean that's his game and um, overall it works well for him but uh hopefully the Grizzlies recognize that he won't be that type of guy especially come playoff time like that's it's hard for me to imagine Aldama banging bodies with some of the best, you know, most physical physical guys in the league and sort of thriving in that situation. Um, uh, but you need him as a scorer to face the floor, and that sort of fits in with what Jenkins wants to do overall, so it makes sense still just despite that. So uh, Biz tonight, four for five from the field, only two rebounds, eight points. Uh it's still a gaping hole at the five yeah. for the Grizzlies. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's did, did you see the play where, you know, Biz is long. You know, he, he's 6'8", but he's got that big wingspan. There was one play in particular, JV had him posted up, and Biz just didn't even put his hands up. So JV just kind of like drops a shot right over the top of him. That play by itself was enough for me. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, that's still a massive hole. Like, he's a guy, he's a stopgap. But if the Grizzlies are serious about winning a championship, you've got to find somebody that can defend bigs and do it at more than a 20-minute-per-game clip. And I think that we, when you see the games that Biz has played extended minutes, it's too much for him. He He cannot handle that. Yeah. So, you know, we still got a little ways before we hit the, the NBA trade deadline, but that's definitely something that we've talked about year in or not year. Well, I say year in and year out. You can almost go ahead and say that, but we, we've been talking about it all year long. Mm-hmm. And tonight just kind of affirmed that for me because JV, even though the Grizzlies won this game, JV dominated 22 points, 14 rebounds. Like he was having his way down there. Yeah. And when you get into the playoffs and and you're looking at guys like Anthony Davis and and say you get to the finals against an Eastern conference team, uh, a Giannis or um, Joel Embiid. If you go in there with an undersized big, those dudes are going to cook you and so it just it's scary for me to think that okay the Grizzlies they got a long way to go to make the playoffs anyway, but it's scary to me that okay this is what the Grizzlies are taking into the playoffs. This is what they think can be effective, and we've got a long time. Maybe some things happen, but how much of a concern is that for you? That's a big one for sure. It's a liability for. Even though he's still technically a plus on the floor, I think he was really a liability tonight. Just did, you know, foot fouls. Some of them were crap, but just with the foul trouble, his lack of rebounding, just looked outmatched. He really just looked outmatched and uncomfortable. Part of that is, you know, 
again, continuity is not there for the team right now. But uh, and him and John don't really have a, a real chemistry connection. But a lot of that just had to do with him just getting outworked and out physical and similar to that. Like I got talked about Adama. Bismack can he can do that, but like you said, for extended minutes, it gets really uncomfortable for him, and it's just becoming more and more clear. You get the most out of him coming off the bench. It is still a huge, huge liability, and there'll be some teams that are just gonna roll over him. And it's a night where Tillman pulled together in the second half, but it was looking real rough at the five in that first half, especially in that second quarter like you alluded to, where they just couldn't make anything. And part of that was the the, the bigs making frust missing frustrating bunnies, easy opportunities just not going down to help stop the bleeding. And that had a lot to do with that, what, 21-2 to two run that the Pelicans went on. Just a big problem with the bigs. So uh, still a huge need to me. I just, I'm not even sure. I think you'll lose regular season games because of the front court issues if they don't do anything about it like it's not even just playoffs like if you're really trying to get back in the mix of things like I said they got a long way to go they need to win a lot of regular season games and you'll lose games if they don't do anything about that gaping hole at that position yeah a hundred percent you look at the numbers with him on the floor and it's really, really tough. It's going to be skewed because the Grizzlies have played bad early. You know, yeah. I said six and 19 record. It's going to look bad. But with him on the floor, he, he's a negative. It's it, mm -hmm. the lineups with him on the floor, he, he's uh, minus 5.4 net rating, which is not huge, but it's losing. It, it, you know, and, and I think that we may see that number change a little bit now that Ja is back. Because the defense, the Grizzlies' defense started off terrible, and then it has slowly started to climb. And the last time I looked, they were around 13th in the mm -hmm. league in their defensive rating, and they started off near the bottom of the league. But the offense has just been abysmal. Like, you know, Desmond Bain has looked great. Jaron Jackson has looked great. But nobody outside of them has been good enough consistently on the offensive end to get this offense to climb out of the cellar. And they they have hovered between about 26 and 30 all year long on offensive rating. And adding somebody like John ja Morant is going to help correct that. But how much are we going to see his differential, Biz's differential change now that John ja Morant is back? And is it going to be enough for him to be a positive impact player moving forward? Now, yep. there are clearly games that he has played that if the Grizzlies didn't have him, they wouldn't have won. But they've also lost a lot more than they won. So I, I don't I don't I think that it's it's kind of tough to gauge at this point, at least for me. Well, so fun fact. Uh, Bismack Biombo has the worst, has the third worst uh career plus minus in the NBA. Fun fact. He, he, he just been in all of the bad teams. I don't know. Listen, that, man, I guess, you, you and I, game, but. we have completely different, like we define fun completely different. Because <laughs> the third, that, that's not fun. <laughs> no, it's not fun. It, it, you're right. It's not fun. But I just mean like 
to your point, I think even again, I think it just goes to show you. I think you could still get that's not I'm not saying that you can't get value out of Bismack because the Grizzlies just need what he can do. But he must do those things. He must actually I mean he's starting to get with like Jaron with these screens. These <laughs> illegal screens, like I thought we could count on him at least in the screen game, but I don't know. He's getting sort of slack on that. Uh, we need screening, rebounding, finishing, put back. Now, he just struggled with all those three things, but I think if you put him up against second units, you get the most out of him that way. The Phoenix Suns did it. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen this guy in a winning situation, but I do think he needs the right circumstances for you to get the best out of him. And so it only points to the problem that even with Ja, that's not fixable by itself. You got to get somebody so that Beesmack can be in his rightful place coming off the bench because I think that's how you get the most out of him. And I think if you do that, he's proven that if, let's say you don't play him, a couple DMPs, I think you play him and he has a monster game because that seems like that's his game, right? He's almost like the guy you can bring off the bench and give you energy, but he's older and it seems like he needs those fresh legs Similar to a Derrick Rose situation where, like, if you play him too much, you'll run him down. You won't see the best out of him, but give him some space between times, and he, you can really get a lot out of him that way. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fair. I I just my, – my expectations for this team prior to all the crap that's happened this season were – a lot higher than, than what they were or what they are right now. You know, heading yeah. into the season, I felt like this team with the moves that they made, I'm like, okay, this, this team is, is in good shape. I felt like that there were holes. Um, and then those, those holes just look like massive blowouts with John ja Morant, not in this lineup. I don't know that they're, a lot of things have happened from the, you know, from the off season. I liked the moves that they made. I really, I expected that they would be significantly better in the first 25 games than what they were. And, you know, the, the, the massive amount of injuries because, you know, we, we didn't see a whole lot of Luke Kennard and playmaking is something that they really struggled in. And, and Luke Kennard, I think could have been a viable option to play that role. He'd done that in Detroit. He'd done that well. Is he going to be a, a point guard type player night in and night out for 82 games in the NBA? No, he's not. But going up and down this lineup, looking at the guys that they kind of pushed into those roles, he's going to be a lot more comfortable in it than they were. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's true. So, uh, you know, again, Long way to go. I think the only thing you can do is take these games one game at a time. And for the Jaws' first game back, you just you love what you saw. Were there flaws? Were there things you'd love to see better? Especially from your role players, yes. But we all knew, we've watched this team all year. You knew it was going to have to be the core stepping up and doing, quite honestly, what you're paying them to do. And that is to be great. And you got all guys in over 20 points. Jaron, Dez, Ja, over 20 points. You hope you can see that more consistently because if you do, then I do think that the Grizzlies can begin to see some daylight and, and close some of the gap on this hole in, in terms of getting into the play-in. 
I don't think you don't have to shoot for a top seed home court advantage. You know, specifically this year, they've won one game at home. So, you know, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> home court advantage, you don't have to have that to win playoff series. And like we've, we've talked about on here before, they haven't protected it in any way. So let's just, uh, let's just get there. Let, let's yeah. get the team to the playoffs and see what happens. Because if you're not there, you got no shot. But if you get there, you at least have a puncher's chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they'll have more than one. Similar to that Lakers team, whereas, you know, they really healthy and they're hitting their stride at the right time. They're going to be better than their seating, no question. And I think they can easily knock off a team. And I also feel better about it because healthy. They'll have veteran players that I think will allow for them to to kind of make their run. I think while your core is still young, they've been playing together for a while, then you've got your, if, you know, who knows if Derrick Rose is really around and healthy at the time, but you still got his presence there. you got Bismack, who's an older player. You've got, uh, you know, Marcus Smart, who's a veteran player. Luke Kennard even has been around a long time and played in a lot of uh, playoff series. So you just got guys who I think you can rally behind to make a run, assuming they fix this holy center, uh, and, and really do something, you know, special if they, if like I said, they just get in. I think it really gives them more than a puncher's chance if they're in. I would want to play us if, if, if they're, if they fix that holy center and they've got those veteran guys with that, at this point, young but veteran core, I, they really can do something different that I think this team wouldn't have otherwise been equipped to do had they not made the moves that they made this offseason. Yeah, th- this team fully healthy. Their top seven, maybe yeah. eight, you can argue eight, um, is really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we'll see. A lot of basketball left to play. There's a lot of what ifs in there. Vince Williams continues to play well. I'm, I know that he's on a two way, and I would almost bet everything that I own that he ends up getting shoved back to the bench. I hope that I'm wrong because he is this time that he's gotten a run like tonight, nine points, seven rebounds, three assists. He turned the ball over only one time. He got a block shot and played really good defense. That That is, we talked about the size at the wing and they, they have a guy, they have a, the, the way that he has played I think 100% is the reason that Jalen Noel is not a Grizzly right now. Yeah. The way that Vince Williams has played, whether that was the right or the wrong call. And, and I said that, you know, prior, I said, I, I'm going to know everything that I need to know about Zach Kleiman based off of what he does with Jalen Noel. And I still feel that way. I feel like his ego is more important than winning championships. And him admitting that he was wrong and he missed on Jake LaRavia is the reason that LaRavia is still on this roster and Noel is not. Yeah. Agreed. So, agreed. hundred percent agreed. But when you say bench, define bench, do you mean I mean, because I wouldn't argue that Mark that he should start off with Mark is smart. No, no, like, no, 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 no. Or do you mean like end of like D D N P C D bench? Okay. Not yeah. like, yeah, no, he definitely like 100, the starting five fully healthy minus Steven Adams. Cause we know that's not a possibility. John Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, Biz, Jaron. That's your starting five. Yeah. 
Okay. So yeah, then then I I think they will. I think they might keep him in the rotation because I don't know. I think if Vince shows consistency in the starting lineup, they might he might force a role for himself in the rotation, just because he'll be better than any other wings that they've had. If he can show himself to be consistent, just with what he's been doing, I think he might have a chance to keep himself in the rotation because we've seen Jenkins be willing to DMP Conchar, to DMP Tillman, to DMP Zaire. So, or, well, he hadn't really DMP Roddy. But I think you've seen some willingness to DMP some of those guys. So if Vince really does show consistency here in this stretch, then I, I think... I, I, I'm hoping, I really am hoping that that he sees that to me that would be the last draw for me. I mean, I'm really out on Jenkins anyway. That would be a low, low if he decided to play some of these wing guys over Vince Williams just because you just can't, man. Like, we, you, yeah, they don't have anybody that can stop these dudes, and Vince is the one guy who can. I know Marcus Smart is supposed to be that, but, and maybe he will be, but I think the length of Vince Williams helps you out quite a bit. And if nothing else, he can be, a, he can be, I think, really good in those second units. Yeah, you know, you take Marcus Smart off the floor and you stick Vince Williams Jr. out there. Yep. Like that, the wings on the other team, they're not really getting a break. You know, like, right. it, again, there there are levels to this. Marcus Smart is a former defensive player of the year for for a reason right. and Vince Williams has a ways to go but if I'm a wing John Conchar and David Roddy strike no fear in my heart like right. they, like they, they they just don't they're not that type of defender and I feel like Vince Williams is you know it still is, again has a ways to go there's there's a lot of stuff that he has to do to continue to improve but he's played very well defensively against some of the biggest names in the league. Um, so I'm hope I'm hoping that I'm wrong. We we get two two gifts. It's the Christmas season right now. We get twelve back, and we get optimistic Candace. I'm struck optimistic Candace. There we go. Got it. <laughs> Got it out. The twelve comes back, and he brings the optimism out of Candace. I love to see it. <laughs> we'll go ahead and and wrap it up before we go, Candace. You got anything else you want to touch on from tonight's game? Yeah, no, 12 back, man. 12 is back. Storybook, storybook, uh, start to the season for him. And, and really hope they can ride that momentum momentum and get as many wins. Man, they need every single one of them they can get. So uh go Grizz, man. Love what I'm seeing, though. And uh it's a lot of lot of reason to be to look up, to have some hope in what's been a very dark situation to this point for Grizz fans. At least 12 of them. At least 12 <laughs> yeah, reasons. Yeah. All right, guys, we, we appreciate you tuning in. Isaac will be back with us on the next show. Next game is Thursday at the Forum. Ja Morant returns home looking for win number two. The Grizzlies are undefeated this season with Ja Morant in the lineup. Let's keep that rolling. I think that that game will actually just be me and Isaac on the post game because Candace, yep. you will be there, correct? Yep. I, yeah, okay. I didn't think I could, but actually worked out. I'll be All in right. the house. Perfect. So Candace is going to be there to welcome 12 back. Um, and we will be back with a post game. The uh, Grizzlies take on the Indiana Pacers. Anthony Sane with the uh, the massive setup. Tyrese Halliburton versus John Rain on Thursday night. All kidding aside, 
that's a great matchup. Uh, Tyrese yeah. Halliburton, I, I love his game. Fantastic player, uh, but recency bias takes over a lot. I, I've realized yeah. that the more that I am on NBA Twitter and watch conversations, I'm like, mm, you guys forget what happened three months ago. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't get it. So that that's going to be a be a great game. Can't wait to watch that. The show will be back then. You can get us on Twitter. Isaac is at Isaac double underscore NBA. The show is at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at NBA D will two one. Candace is going to let you know where to find her and get us out of here. Yep. You can find me at Candace H nine Oh one. Be sure to stay tuned for our post game. Uh, it's the city of Memphis. Prepare to welcome back.